is up, folks? This is John Lawrence, and this is episode 100, Vantage Point, January 2024. Have you noticed how stoked podcasters get about their 100th episodes? <laughs> it's kind of a thing. If you want to hear interesting shows, go check out the 100th episodes of various podcasts, or maybe the 200th or the 1,000th if they get that high. Uh, podcasters usually get super stoked about hitting triple digits with their shows and often set up their number 100 episode as some sort of tribute to themselves by taking a look back over their favorite episodes. Don't get me wrong, I'm pumped about number 100, but this isn't going to be a look back at all of the best shows or highlight moments from the last several years. Uh, I'd rather hit on the why behind Anesthesia Guidebook. Some of you might just be joining us. Maybe this is the first time you've heard Anesthesia Guidebook and you're taking a look around. Maybe you've been listening since from way back when we called it from the head of the bed. Either way, I'd like to hit on where we came from and where I plan to go with this show. So, I love when one year turns over to another. Um, we're right here at the end of December, early January, uh, 2023 into 2024. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, and my wife and I actually don't even stay up anymore to see the clock tick over to midnight on New Year's Eve. We've got a two-year-old who's potty training this weekend, and his nine-month-old brother is crawling all over the place. So pretty much we're going to bed early all the time uh, to wake up and try to keep pace with these little dudes. But I do get stoked when a year comes to a close and another one begins. It helps mark a rhythm in our lives. Just after the winter solstice, the longest night and shortest day of the year, the year clicks over from one year to another one. Uh, and then, you know, we turn to a new year where new things will happen and the best of the old things hopefully are brought with us and we can leave all the other stuff behind. So there's the hundredth episode and there's the new year, both happening right now. It's like toast with Nutella and bananas. <laughs> it's doubly amazing. Hundredth episode, new year, a lot to think about. I'm calling this episode Vantage Point because just like I did back at the start of 2023, pausing to gain a vantage point on your situation every once in a while can be so helpful. Businesses do quarterly financial reviews, and for many years, I did the same thing every three months with my personal life. I'd sit down to journal about all the main domains of life, how things were going, how things needed to change. That kind of reflection has so much power. Power to put things into perspective and clarify with hindsight what some of the major and minor themes have been and power to clarify how you want to move forward, what direction or trajectory you want to set moving forward. Now, I'm not going to get into these domains of life here as I've spoken about them in depth before on episode 72 on finding balance and thriving and training. But in case you're wondering, there's six distinct domains of your life. And the key to that nebulous idea of like how to find balance in your life, I think is you know, if you look at these six domains and you think about, am I exerting equal levels of energy or effort or focus in each of these domains, then maybe you're moving towards some sense of balance. So the domains are your social relationships. It's number one. These are not in like some sort of order of importance. They're all equally important. We've got your social relationships, your inner emotional life, 
your physical well-being, your occupational world, which includes your financial health, your intellectual expedition. <laughs> it's an expedition. I mean, it's an expedition because it's a long journey. You never stop learning. And I love that the intellectual domain is different than your occupational domain, especially for anesthesia providers. I think we often conflate the two. We get wrapped up in, you know, the only thing that our brain needs to really work hard at is our careers and our job and the science and art of anesthesia. But there's so much more to your intellectual domain and things that you can learn and get into and, and explore. So call it an expedition. Uh, it's a long journey into exploring your mind and knowledge and all the new perspectives and what's out there. And then lastly, your spiritual domain. Because everything is spiritual. It's all connected and interwoven. So even though this episode is not about that, it is in a way about that, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> you picking up? Have I lost you? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Uh, are you smelling what I'm stepping in? So let's chat about what this is about, what Anesthesia Guidebook is about. You know, I think that podcasts are amazingly odd little things. The continuum of quality, longevity, and the niche factor is very wide. As I'm sure you know, some shows out there have massive production and research teams behind them with significant funding. Some shows have risen to a level of popularity where their advertising dollars or their subscription platforms enable their producers to focus on the show as their main line of work. It's their job. It's their career. It's what they do. They're all in all the time, and that's amazing for those people. This show, Anesthesia Guidebook, is very different from the mega shows or even some of the other niche anesthesia podcasts that are designed to generate a profit or you know spin some sort of particular angle. Anesthesia Guidebook exists to serve you, the listener. My role in producing the show is to position myself as a guide to the true heroes of the story, the anesthesia, critical care, and emergency medicine providers out there who are on the front lines of delivering world-class care to their patients. I am not the hero. The point is not to make a profit or achieve fame or recognition. The point is to bring you relevant content so that you can take up the path towards mastering your craft with a little more insight and a little boost of motivation along the way. When I was preparing for anesthesia school back in like 2008 to 2012, the only podcasts in the healthcare industry worth listening to were coming out of the critical care and emergency medicine worlds. You know, back then, like the idea of podcasts was still relatively new. The iPhone had just come out not too long before that, and podcasts were really just getting off the ground. So shows like MCRIT and Life in the Fast Lane were cutting edge in the healthcare industry. And there was really nothing going on in the world of anesthesia at the time. So I was left extrapolating what these other shows coming out of emergency medicine and critical care were delivering in terms of clinical content to the world of anesthesia. And while the Venn diagram of critical care and emergency medicine and anesthesia overlap a lot, they each definitely have unique elements and considerations. So as I entered anesthesia school in 2013, the idea of creating a podcast for the anesthesia community squared up to me pretty clearly. I was able to work with three other students in my program to create and launch the podcast from the head of the bed back in 2015. 
Now, while the other three folks, one of whom is my wife, Kristen, they dropped off the show after school, I continued to produce episodes under that name from the head of the bed until around August of 2020. And that's when I changed the name to Anesthesia Guidebook. The reason for the name change was mainly inspired by the desire to better represent the core mission of Anesthesia Guidebook. Uh, the mission is to serve as a, as a resource for you, like a lonely planet guidebook for the anesthesia providers out there who want to master their craft. The point is not the guidebook. That's not, that's not why you buy like a travel guidebook. The point is the trip you're going to take. It's the journey that you're going to go on. You know, you know what I mean? The guidebook definitely should be lit. It should be amazing. It should be so helpful and timely and concise and like just what you need. It should propel you towards having an amazing experience, but it shouldn't get in the way of the real thing. And the the point of the guidebook is not the guidebook, right? The point of the guidebook is, is how does the guidebook serve the people who are doing their thing? So let me tell you about this, uh, this idea of like the hero and the guide just a little bit more. I've touched on it before in the show, but I want to, I want to hit it again here. This show, the anesthesia guidebook has never been about positioning myself as a sage on the stage. But even so, the idea of serving other providers through the podcast exploded in my mind in a whole new way back in 2020 when I came across Donald Miller's book, Building a Story Brand. Now, I was familiar with Miller from way back in the day when he published Blue Like Jazz in 2003, but I kind of lost track of him after that. Now, fast forward 17 years, and his book, Building a Story Brand, resonated so deeply with me. Uh, in terms of what I wanted to do with From the Head of the Bed and how I was thinking about you know, my role with that podcast. So in the book, he draws from the ancient hero story to outline a model of business that has fundamentally changed the way I think about leading organizations and teams. Miller challenges businesses, authors, educators, and leaders to imagine themselves as guides for others, the real heroes, the people the businesses serve and who are on a mission to accomplish a thing. The seven key parts of Miller's take on the hero story are that number one, the hero, which is the client, customer, employee, or in this case, the listener encounters a problem. Number two, the guide, who is the leader, the business, the professor, the organization, the guide offers a solution. And number three, a clear plan for how the hero can prevail. And number four, a call to action for the hero, followed by number five, a clear description of what would happen if the hero didn't act. And then number six, examples of success stories. And finally, number seven, a clear description of the leader, business, or organization's role in helping the hero solve their problem. So the business is the guide and the hero is the client. The hero encounters a problem. The business is there to help the hero solve their problem, not to not to become the hero for the hero. You're just the guide. If you go back and you look at some of the you know archetypical uh, stories and movies and that kind of stuff, you know your role as the leader or as the entrepreneur or as the organization is to serve in in that guide role, not not as the central. Actor. You're not positioning yourself to gobble up all the market share or to get all of the glory or fame or attention. 
your goal is to point the spotlight on your clients and to say, how can we serve you? You have a problem. You've got a thing that you need to do. You got a place you need to go. How can our business, how can our role help you on that path? And when you do that, you become successful as the business or the organization. So if you're running a business or thinking about starting one, whether it's an anesthesia staffing company or setting yourself up as a 1099 locum or any other kind of business, your clients don't need or want you to be their hero. As the business owner or entrepreneur, you are not the hero. Your client is. They see themselves as the hero of their stories. They're wanting to be the hero. And each of them has this problem that they need to solve. And that's where you come in to offer the solution that if they implement it, will help them achieve their mission and be the hero of the story. So your role is really temporary. It's supportive. It's not the main point of the story. The point of the story is helping the hero rise to the challenge and win the day. So Anesthesia Guidebook is unlike other shows in that I'm not doing this for personal fame, notoriety, or a profit. Now, I'm not saying you can't embrace Miller's framework if you want to make a profit or, or if you are going to position yourself as a guide for others that you can't make a profit. As Jim Collins says, profits are like oxygen for a company. They're not necessarily the point, but they're usually critical for the company to stay alive and fulfill its mission. But for me, the goal is not how can I extract dollars from listeners. There's no paywall or subscription service with the Anesthesia Guidebook. Maybe there would be if I needed or if I wanted the podcast to be my main thing, but it's not. It's, it's not my main thing. I have a full-time job. And I don't mean to knock any anesthesia entrepreneurs out there who are making their educational platform their main source of income. It's just not what I'm doing. I don't need this to be my income source. And so that influences both the cadence of how often I'm producing shows, which is to say not as often as someone who's depending on the show for their income, but also the content, because hopefully the stories and perspectives that I bring and share here are rooted in the real world of actually doing anesthesia full-time and leading anesthesia teams. I have learned so much over the years of doing this show from interacting with hundreds of anesthesia providers while teaching at conferences, through working as an SRNA clinical coordinator for a few years, through serving on lots of DMP project committees for all y'all out there who are doing amazing work in your anesthesia training programs, uh, through becoming a parent of two little boys and a partner to my wife, who's also a CRNA. And through this last year, working as the chief CRNA for a group of around 150 providers at Maine Medical Center, which is a level one trauma center here in Portland, Maine. Each of these new chapters in my own journey have brought new insights and context and perspectives that have shaped the stories that I've shared here. Uh, this last year, I also headed back to grad school and have been taking some classes in leadership, and I am definitely looking forward to bringing some of what I've learned from that process here to the show for you. I think it's going to be pretty fun to talk about when whenever I can get around to it. But bottom line, my goal with this show is to bring content and a voice that helps you, the listener, which let's just talk about that word for a sec. I know I've used it a couple times, but it's horrible. While you're listening, you are so much more than a listener. It's like the word follower or followers in the world of leadership. Generally, it's a word that misses the mark. 
at least for what we're doing here. Listener is far too passive. For you only listen to pick up what you need in order to move forward with more passion and context and thoughtfulness and purpose and expertise and devotion to your craft, which are all very active things that you're doing. So I don't I don't think of the people who listen to the show as listeners or followers. I think of you as actively engaged in your work, as actively engaged in your craft. And my job is to help you get better at doing that. So my goal is to enable you, the true heroes of your own stories, to find something of value here that will help you along the way. My hope is that you are able to show up for your patients in a meaningful way, that Your craft matters to those patients whose lives hang in the balance during extremely challenging cases, as well as all the other patients who are having, you know, smooth sailing elective surgeries and procedures so that those folks can have a more enjoyable and comfortable experience. My hope is that you're able to show up fully for those who matter to you in in your personal life uh, and your professional life, you know, to your colleagues, your family, and your friends. There's always been a mix of content here focusing on both your clinical practice and how you live your life because they both make up who we are as holistic providers. That's the whole, you know, touches back on the whole, like finding balance and domains in your life thing. So, so we talk about that too. All right. So episode 100, that's a little little look back on what's been going on. Uh, there's definitely some great shows in the last hundred episodes. I still go back and listen to some of them myself from time to time. And that's one of the things I love about podcasts. They're little time capsules whose value may live on for much longer than the time that it took to produce them or, or the value that they had at the time that they came out. Uh, their value may, may change and develop over time. And, you know, I'm, I'm struck in thinking about that by the loss of one of my guests in just the last couple of weeks, Peter Struby. So Peter joined me on episode 14 to talk about board preparation for CRNAs. He passed away in December of 2023. Peter was an amazing human who had a deep passion for helping others succeed. I had the privilege of teaching alongside him at a few conferences hosted by Jamie Reuter when she was running Cornerstone Anesthesia Conferences. Uh, and you know, Peter had actually reached out to me earlier this year and wanted to do a follow-up episode on board preparation. Unfortunately, we never got around to doing that show. Episode 14 is still a show that I send folks who are preparing for boards and especially those folks who have failed boards. There's so much value that he shares in there about your mental preparation and how to think about getting through the board examination. Peter specialized in coaching anesthesia providers through successfully passing the board exam, and he's helped launch literally thousands of CRNA careers over the years. He's just an incredibly special guy. I'll drop a link in the show notes to this episode to a beautiful eulogy that our mutual friend Matt Zinder wrote about Peter on AANA's website. All right, so what is coming up as we look forward? Just in this last week, I've recorded a couple shows that I think you're really going to enjoy. One with Brad and Madison Markham on what it's like to do anesthesia together as a married couple. Those folks are currently uh, obviously married and doing anesthesia school together. So we talk about the challenges and and the unique opportunities that uh, that journey has presented them. 
And then another amazing conversation I had this last week was with Eliana Zimmerman, who did a phenomenal deep dive into the world of Dex Metatomity. There's also a few more shows that I still need to pull forward off the old podcast from the head of the bed, which have not had their time on Anesthesia Guidebook yet. Shows like ECG Lead Selection with Dr. Mark Kosick, a couple of episodes with Dr. Chuck Biddle, and a three-part series on ERAS, or Enhanced Recovery After Surgery. All of these are going to head your way in early 2024. I'm stoked for the chance to bring you this show. I'm so grateful for all of the folks who've reached out over the last eight, almost nine years that we've been having conversations. And that's definitely my favorite part of the whole thing, getting to interact with the anesthesia and healthcare community through this platform. I love hearing from so many of you and getting to do shows with you and share your stories and hard work with a wider community. I love working alongside many of you as fellow educators and clinicians. Uh, I love running into y'all at conferences, and I definitely love seeing some of you show up at Maine Medical Center to invest your careers and hone your craft as providers. We've brought on a handful of folks to join our team over this last year that first heard about the work we're doing at Maine Med through the podcast, and I'm just, I can't tell you how pumped I am about that. It's super, super fun. It's very special to have folks reach out to us who uh, first heard about what we're doing uh, right here on the show. And on that note, you're also going to hear from some of our core leadership team, some of the other CRNAs that I work with at Maine Med in 2024. These are amazing people, and I can't wait for you to meet them. You know, when I step back and I think about what we're all doing this path that we're on as anesthesia providers and, and, and even, you know, this episode with episode 100 and turning from 2023 to 2024, I'm generally just stoked. I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity, uh, you know, to work as an anesthesia provider, to work on this podcast and hopefully build something that's meaningful to you. And I just want to wish you the best as we move forward into 2024 Definitely reach out with your comments, questions, and feedback on social media or through email. And with that, I'll see you next time. What up, y'all? I wanted to drop a reminder that if you're a CRNA looking for a great team to invest yourself in your career in, check us out at Maine Medical Center in Portland, Maine. While the clinical opportunities would challenge you and the location is one of the best, our people and sense of community are truly what set us apart. Reach out if you want to learn more.